Hello, everybody. Today on For the Love of Sports, we have Alexander Amir. He works at Blitzalytics. He is the director of content there, and he also works for the NFL. Alexander, from a very young age, wanted to be a GM in the NFL, and so he set down a path, and it's a very cool one. So it was a lot of fun getting to talk to him about what he does at Blitzalytics and how they help other content creators get noticed and how they can then help them get jobs in the NFL, MLB, CBS, you know, all these all these potential areas, and what he's been able to do with that platform and how he's been able to parlay that into a job with the NFL, which is a really, really cool job. He does stat corrections currently um, and some other things, and it's quality assurance, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just really interesting getting to hear like how he's done what he's done and the reasons why he's done everything. It's pretty cool. He's he's has this mapped out. We're all playing checkers. He's been playing chess for a long time. So really hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Alexander. Hey, today we are um, special guest, uh, cool guy, gentleman that I met. I don't know. It was, it's been a while, actually. I don't remember when we met, honestly, but it was pretty cool, and we had a good time. And so we have Alexander Amiron from Blitzalytics, also the NFL. Um, was not working at the NFL when we originally met, so I think I would have probably enjoyed that comment. No, kidding. You're a great guy still. Um, yeah, man. I mean, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Excited to talk about Blitzalytics, obviously. Very excited to talk about your position at the NFL and what you got rocking there. Uh, you mentioned law school before, so excited about that. But the first question I always got to ask is, where does your love of sports come from? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm really happy to be here, first of all, uh, for all the listeners out there. All of them. Taking the time to listen. All of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the interest in sports, I mean, I think like most people, you know, so many people in our positions were sports fans since they were kids. Just grew up watching the sport uh, since I was five, six years old. The earliest Super Bowl I can remember was when I was six or seven. Uh, so I've been a huge football fan primarily for my entire life. Um, I think my love of football and my love of sports in general is just the camaraderie that's involved, um, the strategy that's involved with, you know, it's so complex, everything that goes into it. From uh, Any sport, basketball, baseball, hockey, but I really think football embodies that more than anything. There's so many moving parts, you know, all 11 guys have to be working in conjunction for a single football play to be successful, much less an entire game. Uh, so I really think that's where uh, the love of football specifically comes from. And then as I got older, um, I started paying more attention to the actual business of football, all the issues going on. You know, early 2010s, there was the concussion lawsuit by Ray Easterling against the NFL, and that was settled in 11 or 12. Uh, mid-2010s, around 2014, 2015, was, uh, was a kind of an uptick in the domestic violence issues, a lot of DUIs off the field. And then now with the collective bargaining agreement coming up, uh, a lot of it is about labor talks, guaranteed money, all that. So I think just being aware of all the issues that the NFL faces kind of goes through different kinds of phases. And the dream is basically to just be able to contribute to the sport in some way and hopefully you know, help it thrive. 
that's a pretty awesome dream, man. I mean, right. Like what else? Well, like the coolest thing that I get to do every day is I get to talk to people like you. I get to talk to people in, in all different shapes and sizes. Um, I was actually lucky enough to have a conversation with Evan Spencer from the 2014 national championship, uh, Ohio state, Ohio state Buckeyes and got to talk to him about his career and you know what he's doing now. And it's just incredible. Like sports for me, I mean, there's always I, like, it's the only thing I care about really as sad as that might sound, but there is literally nothing more than I love than, you know, the combination of the Mets, the giants and randomly Duke basketball. So, um, I'm you know, you on one of those three. Yeah. Okay. I'll take which one. <laughs> the giants. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, I see, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I just saw a Jets thing like right behind where you're sitting right now. Yeah, my dad's a big Jets fan. Okay, uh, cool. I'm at home right now. He's a huge Jets fan, but I'm all right, all, right. all the way. Good, good, good. Yeah, very sad day tomorrow, I guess, actually, um, with Eli retiring. But it's a, it's more of a celebration, I think, and that's the way we got to look at it, right? I think so, too. I might shed a couple tears, but I think so, too. I think so. It's, I think I, a buddy of mine was, he was texting me earlier today, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm reading all this stuff all these players are putting out. I'm like choking up at work here. I was like, I'm not sad yet, but I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I'm going to watch the press conference. And I, I feel like I'll shed, you know, a nice, a real nice tear, like a yeah. solid, like one, like perfect streamer glistens in the sun kind of thing. So very excited about that. But um, you bring up football and uh, I really like what you're doing at Blitzalytics, but I do want to just point something out that you said with all other sports, it is not nearly, I mean, they're all team oriented, right? But there is nothing, as you said, like football, 11 guys have to be doing the correct thing at the right time to make sure that a play works, not, not just a game. Right. And you know, there's baseball, it's pitcher versus hitter. There's three people involved in 80% of a baseball game. And then once the ball gets hit, something happens. Basketball, we see it all the time. I mean, you know, fast break, take that out, but you can see Steph Curry pretty much just do what he wants and then shoots a ball. Like, yeah, people are involved, but it's not the same thing in football. You have the offensive line, you have the wide receivers, the running back, the quarterback, I guess, you know, it's, it's just such a very interesting interesting sport from that aspect that everything has to happen correctly at the same time. It's not quite like other sports. What exactly like with your love of football, at what point did you decide like, Hey, not only do I want to just watch this and consume this, as you said, you started to pay attention to the business around it. What's happening. Like at what point were you like, Hey, this is actually something that I want to just cons- let consume my life uh, from all fronts and all sides. Yeah. So it kind of happened in uh, two uh, phases I was playing on a youth uh, football team and uh, you know, this is like a league where parents are coaching and every year there's a draft where the parents usually go to him. I asked my dad if I could go with him to our little youth uh, league draft. And so I went, I drafted the team and I like absolutely fell in love with the concept of being able to draft my own team. And so from that point on, I'm like, I'm going to be a general manager in the NFL. Like I, I want the responsibility of doing that at uh, the NFL level. Uh, so that's where that initial dream started of working in like football management uh, or sports time in general. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I'd, I'd happily take a job in any sport. I love sports in general, but I just use football. That was uh, the original dream. And I think the what made me most aware of everything going on was in about 2014, I think. I think it was the summer of 2014. Uh, I had broken a bone in my hip uh, like Ooh. in June, like to start off the summer. Yeah, it was not, it was not great. And you, know, you don't like being on the couch in high, uh, high school. Uh, missing the entire summer when you could be you know, playing basketball with friends or whatever. Uh, and so I just watched a ridiculous amount of ESPN and I, I kept noticing how many reports were of DUIs and domestic abuse uh, issues and so many just crimes across the board. And it seemed like a disproportionate number in that uh, summer. And so that kind of got me thinking. Uh, I was applying to college a year later 
And I wrote my college essay on how there has to be a greater emphasis on character evaluation in the NFL draft uh, and, and recruiting players in general uh, to avoid these things because it's bad for the players and for the teams. Because, you know, I think the Cowboys had a, a few instances where they just uh, acquired a bunch of defensive linemen. Greg Hardy is the biggest name that came to my mind. And, you know, they just never saw the field because they were involved in so many mm-hmm. off-field issues. Uh, so that was definitely the incident that, that sparked me paying attention to things uh, outside of just what's happening on the field and the game itself and the business itself. And, and you make a really good point. Like character issues in football, they do seem to happen more often. You would also attribute that to being a 53-man roster compared right. to 25 or 26, whatever it is in baseball now, 12 in basketball. And I'll be honest, I don't actually know how many in hockey. <laughs> uh, I think it's 20-something, but I, I'm not totally sure about that one. So, you know, it, it, you, you could attribute it to that, but also, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, head injuries and, and just the violence of the sport. Right. It's going to happen, right? And, and you make a good point that, the NFL, the NFL doesn't need these guys, right? Like, if Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't here, the NFL is going to keep chugging. Like, it's it's the shield. It literally doesn't matter who's playing. I'm going to watch the Giants no matter what. Yeah. I watched them when Odell was there. I watched them when Odell was gone. It didn't matter. I love the team just as much. Um, so you make a really good point. But then the, the, the counterargument is, well, Antonio Brown is, like, the best wide receiver in the league. Someone is going to give him a chance. So unless you made a rule that is blanket across the league, which, hey, maybe when you are the, uh, um, you know, the commish, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let you make that rule. But, well, like, how, how could you, like, in that essay, I guess, or just in your, your own personal philosophy, how can you make sure something like that happens and these people that are just uber talented and are above the law don't really slip through? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way, obviously, to ensure that something like this never happens. Uh, I think what I wrote about and I think what I believe is, it starts with the, the draft, the pre-draft process, really understanding the character of the people coming through. And not, not necessarily to say that people who have low character grades. So this, this has been a thing since mm-hmm. uh, like early, mid-2000s. Uh, Rich McKay, I think, was one of the first people to do it with the Falcons, uh, where he assigned a talent grade and a character grade. So it's not to say that if someone gets a low character grade, they're undraftable or they should drop way down from the first to the seventh, their first round talent. I think it's more about being cognizant of what, players need and implementing those things in your organization so implementing things like you know mental well wellness programs like very clearly antonio brown is suffering from some yeah. some sort of mental issue because he wasn't like this in the first few years of his career even if mike tomlin was able to suppress it for a long time like if you watch interviews of his he's very clearly was yeah. a very likable charismatic individual so I think being able to implement uh, wellness programs, you know, understanding the psychology of players. So it, it's a lot of uh, more, uh, what's the word? not punishment oriented, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, retro- I, I, I'm I got you. The word, but yeah. You're good. You're good. I understand. I can't find that word either. I know exactly <laughs> what you're trying to say. And, and, and you make a great point. I mean, my, my girlfriend is a huge Dancing with the Stars fan. Antonio Brown was on Dancing with the Stars. She loved yeah. him. He was awesome. As you said, he's, he's charismatic. His smile is incredible. Like yeah. he sums off as such a nice guy. And yeah, all of a sudden he just, something snapped, man. And I don't know what it is. And, you know, hopefully he can get well. It's, it's a bad look, especially I think some more stuff came out today about now there's like yeah, a warrant yeah. out for his arrest or whatever, but it's a, it is what it is. And it's, I mean, it, Hey, what are we going to do? Hopefully he can get help. Um, and yeah, you make a very good point. I mean, just having these things in place, obviously where the NFL was five years ago, where the NFL was 10 years ago, this is huge leaps and bounds. Um, but I think it only makes sense. Player wellness is very important, you know, physically, but mentally, I mean, if you're mentally not there physically, you're not going to perform as well. Right. right? So you need to be there. Um, 
So I want to go from sports a little bit to what you're doing at Blitzalytics. Um, I think it's, I remember you explaining it to me once and I'm not going to try and sell your product. So I'll let you go with it. But I remember sure. that's really what caught my attention is when you told me like, Hey, I started this and now me and a bunch of dudes, we write a, a lot about football and, and the analytics side and everything that's going on. So if you don't mind, um, you know, I don't mean to steal your thunder, but tell me a little bit more about Blitzalytics. Definitely. So uh, in the fall of 2017, I was taking a, an online football analytics course from sports management worldwide. Uh, it was my second course that I took with them. I had taken the football GM and scouting course a couple years prior. Um, and in one of our uh, group meetings with the uh, teachers, uh, Jack Bourgeois, who's our CEO, he messages me. And he's like, hey, like uh, George, uh, someone else who, who helped found it. It's like he and I were thinking about having a place to showcase our work because we were doing a lot of work in this class. We all took the uh, GM and scouting course. We did a lot of work scouting reports for every position, biographies on general managers, like backgrounds on transactions. And there was a ton of stuff that we were putting out that we felt could be shown a lot more than just a line on our resume. Um, and so Jack reached out to me, said like, we want to start a place for this to happen. I was all in. I loved the idea. Uh, and so me, him, and a few other people who were in that class, we started it. And the idea of Blitzalytics is basically to provide a platform for people who want to work in the football and sports industries to showcase their work. So everyone has a portfolio on the website. And if you go into a job interview, I've done this for job interviews that I've had. Uh, I say, hey, go on to blitzalytics.com slash Alexander Amir. Look at my profile. Look at what I know. Uh, and that'll tell you what you need to know about me. Yeah. So it's basically just a sports resume for people looking to work in sports. Um, and it, you know, sports is such a prohibitively restrictive, uh, uh, industry to get mm -hmm. into that, that I feel like this uh, provides a big competitive advantage to a lot of people. So, uh, in terms of what we do, uh, we've, I think pretty quickly, uh, grown into a pretty well-rounded football media outlet. Um, we write, you know, general articles on NFL news and analysis. We have, uh, pro professional style scattering reports that we've also, um, tweaked a little bit to add our own uh, metric to make it more accurate to what how we feel the scouting process should be. Uh, we have a growing analytics department uh, and various metrics to grade players by. And then we also have graphic designers. We have, I think, six or seven podcasts. Uh, so it's really like an all-encompassing media uh, thing for football. That's incredible, man. And you guys just you're like, Hey, this, we, we're doing all the work. We might as well put it somewhere. And now look what you got. Yeah, now, exactly. you, now you have like a, a media company essentially, uh, which is, which is absolutely fantastic. So I guess your work specifically, what, what do you do? What do you write about? What do you create content around? Yeah. So, uh, for me personally, I kind of like do a little bit of everything in terms of content. Um, you know, I'll, I'll write articles, I guess I prefer to write about the Giants and the NFC East. That's where I like lean towards, mm -hmm. but I'll write any kind of team articles. If there are trades going on, um, we have weekly previews and recaps um, in fantasy football season. I'm the director of fantasy football content. So I kind of oversee everything that goes out uh, for that department. Um, now that scouting season is starting, I'm about to begin uh, the scouting process of writing our scouting reports. Uh, I've already done some uh, just short player uh, backgrounds for the Super mm -hmm. Bowl where we have a few people there uh, as credentialed media members, actually. So if you check Whoa. us out on Facebook and Twitter, we actually have interviews with uh, Matt Patricia, Zach Taylor, uh, Michael Pittman, uh, Anthony Gordon, like a bunch of prospects. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I kind of have my finger in a little bit of everything and then obviously helping just to manage uh, some, you know, some of the advertising and everything that goes into it. That is awesome. I mean, you yeah, guys are – I mean, that just sounds like some – I mean, the coolest thing – So. 
one, obviously, working in sports, as you said, it's very, A, it's very difficult to get into because everybody wants to do it. Um, but I also think the other side of that, B, is you know, working in sports, it's just an industry. You can literally do anything and work in sports. You can do advertising. You can do, you know, um, you know, content creation, you can do finance. You can do so many different things and be in sports, um, that you have to do something like this. You have to set yourself apart. And by being the director of, uh, you know, a content director of a media company, uh, for multiple years, I think is a great way to do that. Um, and I just think it is, it is fantastic that you were, a, you guys were smart enough to figure out, hey, this is something that we need to do. And then B, clearly you have absolutely run with it. So congratulations on that. Everyone will be able to check it out. Everything's in the show notes, of course. Um, so I guess with with what you do in the media and everything that you create, um, you you did get a job with the NFL. Um, now I'm sure that had something to do with it, but what yeah, yeah. is it? <laughs> what is it specifically that you do in the NFL? Yeah, so- For the uh, NFL. Right now, my official job title is Statistics and Player Participation Quality Assurance. So basically, my department uh, validates every stat coming out of the NFL and making sure it's all correct uh, on game day then during the week for fantasy football purposes and for contract purposes. So uh, very oftentimes, we'll have uh, communication from agents or players or teams saying, you know, we think this guy should get credit for this sack or we think it should be a split sack between these two guys. Um, and we basically have to make sure every stat is correct. Uh, that's the primary bulk of our job. And then in addition to that, we do some stuff with um, inputting data for head impact exposure for the league's research on concussions. Uh, we also do some stuff with college football video and play-by-play -play, uh, and college football rosters so that the teams use for their scouting process. Uh, so we're basically the you know, technical support, I guess, for the NFL. Uh, for lack of a better term, but the, the, the statistical validation is the primary uh, job function. I mean, if there is a way to get into the NFL that sounds the coolest without having oh, to be a water is, boy, like awesome that job, has yeah. got to be so cool, man. I mean, of all things, like you're just talking to agents, just making sure stats are correct. And I want to thank you because it might've been you. Um, I, so I'm in a fantasy football league. It's IDP. And uh, I can't remember what week it was, but Kevin Byard was credited with the past defense. And I got an extra point and I go. went from losing by half a point to winning by half that a point. Was, that was um, all us. That was 100%. I mean, I personally, I think it was you, Alexander. Like, I am confident that you were the person that said, you know what? I think this is going to change somebody's life today. If you tell me the week, I can go back and check. Oh, my you goodness. I'll, I don't want to do it live because it might take me a minute. But uh, when we hop off, I will 100% do Definitely. that. And then I'll let everybody know if that's, uh, if that's exactly what happened. So, so you primarily work in the statistical department, the statistical realm. Obviously, you write articles on the Giants and the NFC East and your fantasy football focus. Which of this, if, if there's a avenue that you would prefer to go down, um, is there one that you like more than others? Or are you just trying to take in all the information and, and pretty much push out as much content as possible at this point? Yeah. Uh, so like I mentioned, the long-term goal to work in sports is to work in a front office management yeah. capacity. Um, right now, it's really just taking everything in. Um, I think that I'm still, you know, way behind where I think I would like to be in terms of scouting. So that's definitely something that I just want to learn more from. I think it's a years long process to really feel comfortable scouting prospects and it's really never done. Um, you know, I really enjoy, I was in like eight fantasy football leagues this year. I love playing fantasy football. Um, How many did you win? I had a brutal semifinal year. So I was in five semifinals and lost all of them. Oh my gosh. By, and a few of them by like 
a point and a half or less. It oh, was it was a goodness. brutal, brutal year. Well, um, that sucks. Yeah, that, there's yeah, not yeah. much I can say to that. Rough. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I was a little upset. Um, but yeah, it was still fun. I'll still play in eight more leagues next year. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And then obviously just analyzing how NFL trades and free agency acquisitions go down. So really, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, just taking everything in right now and doing as much as I can to uh, get into it. And with, with splitting your time between the NFL, was, was Blitz, Blitzalytics, did they pretty much say, hey, like we prefer if you continue? Hey, we want to make sure like you can do this for us soon. Like how, how does that conversation work in understanding that your obvious goal is to work for the NFL? So whatever they kind of say is, is the letter of the law. Yeah, so, I mean, our whole mission at Blitzalytics is to get people employment in the sports industry because not only, like, that's how, why we started to mm-hmm. try and create a pipeline there, but also benefits, uh, it benefits the individual who's writing for us and also benefits us by having our yeah. own individuals there because then we can help push more talent into the mm-hmm. industry. So I, I do think uh, we really uh, appreciate the fact that people are able to uh, spend time in these jobs. Um, also, I appreciate the fact that Blitzalytics has been growing so rapidly that we've been getting a lot more writers uh, and a lot more contributors. So, you know, the burden on me and other uh, uh, core management mm-hmm. members, uh, we, we, the burden is not on us to produce a ton of content mm-hmm. because so many people are interested in doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, my, my co-management members and our CEO and everyone's super understanding and super flexible and, you know, there's outstanding communication with what we do. So it, it, it kind of goes like, month month by month like really communicating what everyone can contribute and what everyone's doing in their lives but it's a it's a great group of people to work with so with with that you know there's so many people that i know um particularly a good friend of mine who had an awesome blog like just an awesome football blog and it was great and they had i mean he he did it by himself for fun in college and he had like close to a thousand people that would read his articles which i mean this was back in 2012 2013 exactly it was and then he he got lazy and stopped doing it um, so it's very unfortunate and he always complains all the time about how much he would love to just be a football writer. So yeah. jokes on him, but wh- when you, I'm sure you've seen that story once or twice, like how often do people come in gung ho? Like, yeah, I can't wait. Like, let's do it. And then they just kind of fall out. Like what's the vetting process like on your end to make sure that you're not bringing someone in teaching them everything, having to do everything. And then, you know, a month and a half later, they don't answer your emails and you're kind of just like, well, this was a waste of my time. Yeah. Uh, so what we really try and do at Blitzalytics is make it uh, what you put in is what you get out of it uh, situation. Yeah. So our, our vetting process is relatively simple. I mean, we, we look at like writing samples from people or analytics backgrounds or graphic design backgrounds, whatever you know their path is. Uh, we look at that. We see, we evaluate the quality, obviously. Uh, we talk to the person who wants to join. But from that point on, it's, it's really, um, to, to a large extent, it's you can do as much or as little as you want, but just understand that you're not going to get as much out of it if you don't do more, which, yeah. is, which is pretty simple. Um, and so obviously there, there has to be there's some kind of minimum level of commitment. Uh, we try and ask everyone to contribute at least some certain amount per month, depending on what their department is. Um, but it is very much uh, individually motivated for people who join. And so we, like, we've had people that have joined put out a couple pieces of content and just realize, you know, it's either not for them or they just don't have time to do, which is totally fine. Like you have to learn somehow. Uh, And so the idea is just create some way for people to build some kind of brand for themselves to uh, show to employers. Yeah. I mean, that's really the, again, in sports, everybody else is trying to do this, right? Like who doesn't want to, you know, how many people do you know that don't want to work in sports in some capacity? I mean, I do. um, And that's why I do this. And that's why I, I mean, I started a company based around it. So it works. So I'm, I'm, 
knock on wood for me, Alexander, but everything's going pretty well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but I mean, it's just, you know, there's, there's so many things that how many people at eight 30 at night would say, you know, yeah, I would love to jump on a, a podcast <laughs> for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and just talk to you when you could be watching Netflix, right? I'm sure there's something good on Netflix right now, you know, and then after this, I'm going to go and edit a couple of podcasts and I'm going to upload them. I'm probably not going to go to bed till 10 30, 11. And then, yeah. you know, we wake up at six and we do it again tomorrow, six 30. I'm not going to lie. Wake <laughs> up at six 30 and we do it again tomorrow. So it's one of those things where, you know, we're young, we have some energy and it's really something you want to do. You can't work nine to five, right? Like nine to five is that that's the first job. It's the second job after that. So with, with what you do at the NFL, like how it sounds like it's a lot of game day stuff. And then beginning of the week, like now that the season is really winding towards, I mean, it's, there's literally one game left. What, what exactly are you doing at this point? Cause there's only so many stats that need to be corrected at this point. Right. right. I mean, so, especially right. with both games being total, just runs. I mean, yeah, they yeah. just ran the ball. What the, the 49ers have like 45 plays? Like there's not, there's only so many stats that need to be corrected. Yeah. There are about 140 plays in the 49ers game. Um, there, I will say the runs are a little harder just because if you, if there's a clog in the middle, oh, there's that's no true. idea who to give the tackle to. That's true. Uh, so that takes a lot of time to figure out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the quick games yeah. are very nice. Uh, so throughout the season, we would always have people working on game days. Uh, I would work pretty much every game day auditing the stats. Uh, and there are a couple other game day roles. But, uh, and then during the week, usually the process was Mondays and Tuesdays where we would go back, watch the games, uh, make sure it's all validated. I would probably do five to six games um, between uh, every week, not counting the live days. Uh, and then after that, we would do the head impact exposures and college football stuff. So right now we're catching up on the, um, on the head impact stuff and the college football stuff. And the, it's a, it's a, it was a seasonal job. So the job actually ends February 14th um happy so valentine's day yeah yeah exactly <laughs> happy valentine's day you're, you know you're <laughs> have fun see you later over. Yeah. um but yeah I have, I have a few things planned to do between uh now and the fall or between after this job in the fall mm-hmm. uh but yeah right now it's mostly the head impact stuff and mm-hmm. uh yeah the college football we yeah. are doing the pro bowl though and we did the east west shrine bowl last week so there are okay. still a couple game days and then the senior bowl is saturday senior bowl is this weekend but okay. we aren't responsible for the senior bowl staff okay or, you are not but know. as you said with blitzalytics you do have some uh yes, credentialed yes. yeah we do have credentialed members we are we have a whole uh list of every senior bowl prospect uh yeah so the, the nfl job is not involved in that blitzalytics mm-hmm. is so that what exactly are you working on now so that's what you're working on with the nfl what exactly are you working on with blitzalytics or do you have any like features coming up are you doing a you know a giant mock draft that you have to get out soon like is there anything specific that you are working on and not kind of just overseeing yeah just scouting reports definitely is what okay. i think pretty much most of us are going in on right now uh we, uh, we just finished putting together a background on the senior bowl prospects so mm-hmm. those were like very very mini scouting reports now's the time to go in the full template the full pro style template and uh make those scouting reports and then we'll have tons of mock drafts coming out from every writer i'll write a couple uh we also are gonna, actually a very cool thing that we're going to be coming out with it's called the state of the franchise uh we're going to have a different person on a podcast it will also be in written form each week uh or every couple weeks about what to do with a team basically so we're going to mm-hmm. look at the team's free agents their draft picks and we're basically going to make the decisions for them and say what the ideal situation for a team to do is. So we have a huge Dolphins fan with us. We'll be doing the Dolphins state of the franchise. And we'll see if he wants Tua. We'll see if he wants to trade up for Burrow. Uh. If he doesn't want our quarterback altogether, wants to wait for Lawrence next year. So 
Tune it's in something, that. man. That is, I mean, and this is this is going to be a really. So my mom's a very big Dolphins fan. So yeah. I, there's a soft spot in my heart for the Dolphins. My, uh, a good buddy of mine's going to be in my wedding next year. I guess later this year. He uh, he's a Dolphins fan as well. So there's they've always had a soft spot in my heart, and I always I, I, I kind of want them to be good, but they just have been so bad. Like I couldn't even care nice less. Yeah, Dolphins right. Fan. Like I'm okay with the Patriots not making you know the good conference oh, finals. Good. Like it's been awesome. I got to enjoy it. Um, but this is uh, you know going to be an incredible segue. Now I need to know. You're the Giants fan, man. Like, what are we going to do, dude? We got a new okay. head coach. How do you feel about it? You, you got to tell me. I'm sorry. Yeah. So so I mean, when the JoJo's hiring happened, I was totally neutral. I had no idea how to feel about it. Uh, after watching the press conference, I was like all in until I oh, realized okay. until I realized oh. that his press conference was exactly like Freddie Kitchen's press conference last year. Uh. Um, but I do think one having a special teams coach is interesting and potentially a good thing because they have to make a lot of snap decisions in game and really control players coming on and off the field. Which I think is an important thing for a head coach to know and just be able being comfortable in a time pressure scenario. Um, also, uh, rumor is that Belichick was grooming Joe Judge for a head coaching job even more so than he was with Josh McDaniels. Like, he really had him involved in the team management, what was going on. So I, I do think that's a great thing. Uh, the coaching staff that Judge has also built, uh, I think, is very, very solid. As much uh, c- crap as Jason Garrett gets, yeah, yep. I, he, the Cowboys were a top 10 offense every year that he was mm-hmm. calling plays. So I'm, I'm plenty happy with him as the OC. Um, I remind me who the defensive coordinator oh, is. Oh, the guy over in from uh, the Dolphins. Graham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the Dolphins yeah, yeah, DC. Yeah. They oh, yeah, ran so, a, Yeah, so he so was a Patriots the, guy, the I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them have yeah. <laughs> the Patriots. But I mean the Dolphins defense was pretty good in the second half of the year. Like he did a lot with a little talent. Um Very, so I do like that. Yeah. And and like, you know, coaches like Brett Bielma and he just got a bunch of veteran coaches on the coaching staff that I think will help him transition to becoming a head coach. So I'm excited about that. In terms of the draft, um, I'm all in on Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously we played our way out of getting Chase Young. Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was a sad weekend, even though uh, we won. Yep. Um, but they, Isaiah it went just, to overtime, too. I was like, oh, my God, they actually, I think they're going to lose, and this is going to work out. Like, nope. Yeah. No, but then that was but the whatever. same week. The same week, the Dolphins and Bengals also went to overtime. Mm-hmm. It was like the, just the top four picks uh, just going down the drain. Oof. But anyway, I'm sorry. So Isaiah Simmons, really? Yeah, I love him. I, I think he's an absolute freak. He's an alien. He can play any position on the field. And I actually, I, I think he's kind of where we're going to see NFL defenses trending towards because we've seen this year and a little bit last year, teams are the the kind of the default uh, or the base personnel is kind of like six defensive backs. And yep. like teams are playing with so many defensive backs and versatile players in the field. You see how someone like Derwin James made such an impact last year. He was hurt this year, unfortunately. Um, but just the, the freaky athletic defenders that can move in space and play so many different positions, I think it's just going to be crucial. So I, I'm really, really hoping the Giants can get a playmaker like him or him yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, on right. the defense this year. Uh, if, not, if, if he somehow gets taken third, I mean, Jeffrey Okuda would be awesome. Have it four. He's 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 an amazing. He's insane, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hate Ohio State, but I love watching him play. It is yeah. ridiculous. I mean, that that game, the Clemson Ohio State game, both of them were great. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was so much fun to watch. Um, so no, I totally agree. And and you make a really good point. I mean, Bill Belichick, especially with his defense, it's always been. I don't want to say an amoeba, but it is always like positionless. It's it's yeah, it's it's positionless exactly. Like Trey Flowers, he was he was great in New England, and I'll be totally honest, I don't really know exactly what he did in 
Detroit last year. Um, but much. it wasn't surprising that Matt Patricia was like, oh, yeah, you know, you come over here now and you can kind of – we could do a bunch of different things with this guy, which is really interesting. So, no, I, I totally get that, and you're right. I mean, you know, you're going up against an offense that's nine times out of ten, three wide, and if they're not three wide, there's two wide receivers and then a tight end that can run up the seam yeah. and is athletic as hell. So it's one of those things where, you know, having to have – getting to have all those defensive backs on the field. And um, the Giants have – haven't had a linebacker, I think, since yeah. I can remember, if I'm not mistaken. Like, maybe the like second Carl Super Bowl. Banks or, like, LT. Oh, yeah, those guys. Those guys. Back. I mean, yeah. but, like, like serviceable linebacker since, like, the second Super Bowl, I think. So, it's yeah, been... Those are, like, the last guys they drafted in the oh, first yeah. round. Yeah, oh, yeah. They haven't drafted a linebacker in years, and they yeah. haven't had one. Jerry yeah. Reese was against linebackers, man. He didn't, he didn't like them. He didn't like them. But that was insane. I mean, I guess that, that's a really interesting question. Like, when you look at... Um, when you look at front offices, do you kind of sit in it and, and kind of obviously say like, Oh, I would have done that. I mean, I can armchair GM all day long, right. but like, do you try and put arguments behind everything and like really try and see it from both sides where everyone's coming from? The money was worth it. You know, the player was worth it. Like how, how do you kind of have those internal debates with yourself? Yeah, I do try and understand the thought process and like, you know, anyone can play armchair GM and I think I, have a pretty good understanding of the game, but like to a large extent, these guys are professionals for a reason and yeah. they are doing it for a reason. So like, you know, I, I was against picking Daniel Jones at number seven. And I, I really like what I saw from him last year. And I do think Gettle made a uh, good pick with him there. And I, 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 even when the draft was happening, I get the logic of if he's your quarterback, you get him at all costs. Yep. At the same, by the same token, Tons of reports were saying that the Jaguars were willing to trade down. So if the Giants played the draft right, they could have had Josh Allen at or six, traded up with the Jaguars from 17, and then take Daniel Jones at seven. The reason the Jaguars didn't want to trade down in, when it happened is because Josh Allen was available. So mm-hmm. I, I do think the Giants have struggled like playing the draft. And so that, that's where my biggest critique comes in, uh, because I don't think I can evaluate talent as, as well as a lot of like, professional scouts can. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely do try and see it from their perspective, mm-hmm. uh, but also put arguments behind everything. That yeah, it's, it's especially if that's what you're trying to do, you kind of – because so many people, you know, in your and my opinion, I'm sure, always make the wrong decision, right? right? Like, it's always consistently wrong, but there has to be a reason why so many people are doing things this way. Now, is it, is it just stuck in the mud? Is it just, you know, you know hog mollies, as uh, um, Gettleman would like to say? It's just yeah. old school, pound them in the face football. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons and a lot of, you know, good and bad reasons, I guess, for that. But it's always interesting, especially if that's something I'm not trying to work in a front office. That's not my, that's yeah. not my scope. That's not what I'm trying to do. But at the same time, it's got to be very interesting to try and play those cards. So I guess then, you know, first off, thank you for getting on camera today because that means when you're the Giants GM in like 40 years you'll be way better at talking than Dave Gettleman because that's the thing I think I hate about him the most I hate him when he's in front of the camera because he always makes himself look like an idiot um and that's the the, you're the computer folk thing oh my god dude yeah it's uh it's so it's ridiculous but that's that's enough uh I don't need to talk too much more about him I guess if you were the Giants GM uh you know obviously Eli is gone sad day um but obviously, we have Daniel Jones, we have Saquon Barkley, we have somewhat of an offensive line um, that's not very good. Nate Solder has given up more sacks than Eric Flowers did. Let's all take that statistic in for a second. Um, like what, I guess, with all the money in free agency, and I read a few articles that there's a very easy way that we can find another $20 million by cutting a few players. Mm-hmm. What would you do with $80 million in free agency today? Yeah. Um, so I think 
addressing the offensive line has to be – like, they've been saying it for years, but it hasn't been done. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Solder, I believe, has an out uh, – the team has an opt-out clause in his contract, either this season or next season. If it's this season, you get rid of him immediately. Get a left ta- – if you can't draft a left tackle, which I hope they do, if you can't draft a left tackle, just get uh, some other left tackle to fill in. That's better than Nate Solder and wasn't playing with the Patriots. It seems like, seems like every Patriots player that has left the organization has not done well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not too familiar with who's on the free agent market right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I couldn't really tell you specifics, but definitely invest in the tackle positions of the offensive lines because you need Daniel Jones to uh, – not fumble the you ball. You need to see him develop. Well, yeah, not fumble the ball, but also you need to see him develop and like just give him what you mm-hmm. can to see what he can be. Absolutely. Um, I think wide receiver is huge, preferably a speed guy. Again, I don't know who's available in free agency, but the Giants' separation was horrible last year that they got from their receivers. And, you know, I think part of the Daniel Jones' struggles in terms of interceptions, just incompletions, was receivers just couldn't be open. And – yeah, I think that says a lot about Daniel Jones that he was able to put up the numbers he did without receivers getting open, uh, and it was extremely impressive. But I think investing just in offensive weapons for Daniel Jones to develop. Uh, the reason I don't say to invest much on defense is because the defense needs an entire overhaul, and I don't think you can do that without the draft. Uh, so I think right now Daniel Jones' development is the most important thing, and just finding pieces you can build around for the future. So it's it's not worth it to waste money on. Uh, two or three year contracts for like mid-level defensive veterans who are not going to be on the team when you're ready to compete anyway. So I think develop Daniel Jones as much as possible. See who you can get in free agency, maybe a splash free agency signing that's young that can be there for a while because mm-hmm. uh, they have so much money. Uh, but the priorities are helping Daniel Jones develop and investing all your draft resources into the defense and offensive line. So we're going to be bad for like two or three more years. I think so. I think the defense is is really, really terrible. And it is take a couple of years for that. It is awful. I mean, like who on the defense is worthy of keeping around? I mean, Jabril Peppers was way he better was than I thought good. he was going to be. Same, yeah. Way better than I yeah. thought he was going to be. Um, but outside of him, man, I mean, it's. I mean, Marcus Dexter Golden Lawrence is gone. Is Dexter there. Lawrence, he's been cool. Uh, yeah. You know, I guess. I really couldn't tell you who else. Like, uh, Leonard watching. Williams is probably going to walk. So that was just a waste of a third round pick. Third, so. third and but, fourth, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, well, DeAndre yeah. Baker's gonna be there, but who knows what he's gonna be? Like, he yeah. kind of looked a little bit like a bust last year. It's too early to label any prospect a bust after one year, but he did not look good last he year. He looked terrible. I was, I was so happy for that pick too. I was like, all right, cool. You got up in the thirty, you know, thirty-one, so you got that fifth-year option, so you yeah. can have him around for a little bit longer. Nope, he looked awful right from the get-go. And hey, it is what it is, man. Um, what is it like running a media company, especially one that is, you know, kind of your words has blossomed this quickly and now it's like yeah as you were saying you're running the advertisements i'm sure there's people reaching out to you for um you know ad reads on podcasts and and promoted articles like what is that aspect of it like rather than you know when you originally got into it you're like yeah we want to create content and put it out there so we can get jobs and now you're strapped with running a media company that's kind of cool but also there's a little back and forth to that yeah for sure i think the biggest challenge is just communicate like as good as we communicate we're all spread across the country i mean i I should have explained this earlier but none of us are really in the same city or really have much like face-to-face contact uh we're all spread across the country our ceo just moved to mississippi i'm in new york uh another core member or two other core members are in florida so we're all spread around the country and so a lot of the communication i mean all the communication happens over slack and google hangouts and so being able to just get things in motion like get partnerships happening um you know, getting ad deals happening, 
it just takes a lot of time and like any promotional things like we, we, we really have to be able to communicate very efficiently uh, to get things happening. Um, I personally do a, a lot more of the content stuff rather than like business management. Mm-hmm. Obviously I've input in that and input and say in what happens in the business. Um, but yeah, I, th- I would say the biggest challenge is definitely just the communication, getting the ball rolling, especially also because a lot of us don't have, actually I don't, most of us don't have a significant background in business mm-hmm. or law or anything. Uh, so we're kind of running on limited expertise. So a lot of the stuff that we do has to be vetted by other people and it just all kind of takes time. Mm-hmm. Hey man, learn on the fly. That's, the, yeah, way no, business, that's sure. the way business works. I mean, let's be honest, like business school was great. Um, but I mean, I've met people with MBAs that aren't that much smarter than me. <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a cool three letters to have after your name, but I mean, in business, it really comes down to you, the, the, I don't want to say the more you fail, the better you'll end up being, no, but true, you really have to have those experiences and be like, all right, check, you know, mental note, never do that again, yeah. ever, 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 never do that again. Okay. We'll move forward. Um, so I think that's really cool though. And I mean, again, you're learning on the fly, you're learning how to do these things. What types of partnerships and uh, like, what types of companies do you guys look at and try and create these, you know, opportunities, activations around and for? Yeah. Um, if you so, can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not going to go into specifics, but something that we're trying to do right now is putting together, um, profiles for, players in like free agency that's something we want to get into we haven't gotten into it yet uh, and so we're in talks to, uh, just to get that out there and kind of help players or prospects um, showcase their work in uh, like a statistical format so, like mm-hmm. putting together information on a player or a prospect uh, to try and make their case to a team to be signed to x amount of dollars in a contract mm-hmm. uh, so that's something we're working on um, you know, ads really just looking at the, like whatever market we think fits best for, okay. you know, our, our audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in terms of our content, just, you know, I think it's more just doing research and seeing where our content fits into the grand scheme of sports media and, uh, sports companies and just seeing where we can license out, uh, love our stuff. The best way to do it, man. Just yeah. kind of, yeah, just keep learning it on the fly, figure it out. Does this yeah, work, sure. guys? Yeah, hey, these, ha- these guys are happy. Okay, cool. Let's do more of that. Um, that's awesome, man. I mean, I, I've asked you a lot about working in the NFL. I asked you a lot about your media company. You kind of gave us the vision of your career, which is going to be, you know, either commissioner or GM of the Giants, hopefully. Yeah, we'll, see. Um, we'll see, man. But I guess from where you are now, like, what are the steps to get there? Because it's a long process and I'm sure you yeah. haven't just been like, all right, you know, pie in the sky GM. I'm sure you have this kind of planned out. As you said, you're going to law school. So that is obviously, you know, a step on the way. But like, what what do those steps look like to actually go from, you know, quality assurance, you know, statistical guy who saved Mike a point on his fantasy <laughs> to, to being a GM? Like, what is that? roadmap look for like. sure i mean so I, I, for me it started way earlier than this so like, oh of course and, and of course I, yeah and i think just as early as you can get into it like that's really what matters because it all builds on something else in high school um you know i tried to just get involved in my high school sports teams i like played soccer and basketball and got involved in a managerial capacity a little bit uh i took the online football gm and scouting course in sports management worldwide i figured you know i needed some kind of sports on my resume to get started that's really what matters most you need something to start off of because you're not just going to get a job at the NFL or somewhere without having something. So I, I took those courses. Uh, I was extremely fortunate to be in that same course as our CEO, Jack, uh, who had this idea from the start. Uh, and Blitzalytics was kind of like the springboard for all of that. 
in college, uh, I had an internship at CBS Sports as a research intern. Uh, and 1000%, the reason I got it is because I have Blitzlytics on my resume. And even if I wasn't like a core founding member, I think if I was part of Blitzlytics, that would have gotten me it just as well. So I, it doesn't, I don't think the managerial part is what got me. I think it's the fact that I was in mm-hmm. it and I had my work there to show. That was a huge part of it. And then obviously having a name like CBS Sports on the resume helps a lot to getting a job at the actual NFL. Uh, the fact that it was research and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I kind of tailor, I figured what I can do now is tailoring my expertise to like the game of football or sports, like the game of the sports, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at CBS, like, you know, the research intern was like super in-depth statistics on players and storylines and all that. Puts a little similar thing, NFL, all statistics. So, uh, and then the reason I'm going to law school is because I think that introduces a whole different area of expertise that I can combine with my knowledge of the game to leverage me into a front office position. Um, you know, a, a lot of guys in the NFL, most notably like Rob Krasinski and Howie Roseman, they have law degrees and it's given them salary cap uh, and contract knowledge expertise. Um, and they use that I mean, every day in, mm-hmm, in yeah. the team management skills. So I think between the you know, negotiation, transactional skills that I'll learn in law school and my knowledge of the game that I've built up and hopefully scouting uh, over the next uh, few years, uh, that'll kind of all come together to what I want to do. I love it, man. This is awesome. Alexander Amir, <laughs> Blitzalytics, currently in the NFL. Happy Valentine's Day. You're going to lose your job, but I'm yeah, sure you. pretty confident that you'll get it back. Um, Have a nice man. Valentine to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, man. This was awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of For the Love of Sports. Um, on a personal note, I would really like to say thank you and and sincerely, sincerely mean that. This is the actual favorite thing that I get to do. Just talk to incredible people have great conversations and I learn and hopefully you're learning something and hopefully we can laugh along the way. So if you could please give this a five-star review, if you could please share this, um, subscribe to it, do whatever you have to do. The more people that do that, the more these stories and these conversations get out. And I'm really hoping that one day, um, one day soon, this will be something that I get to do as a full-time job um, on top of my other full-time job, of course. But this is an absolute blast. Sincerely appreciate it. Check the show notes for all social media handles. Anything that came from the episode, we'll have everything down there. And I hope you really did enjoy it. So if there's anything I can do better, please make sure to reach out. Uh, my email address, michaelperiodrazeal1 at gmail. Please make sure to check me out on LinkedIn, uh, on Instagram, and and just reach out because I'm willing to answer any questions. And hey, if you got a cool story, I'd love to have you on as well. So thank you so much. Sincerely appreciate it and I hope you make it a wonderful day.